time was a man knew when his videotape was recording. Hello? Oh, good morning. Oh, hi, Dan. How are you? I saw a picture of you over at some kind of, uh, you were sitting at a bar and you had a, 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 a ging, gingham? Gingham. Shirt with a sweater. You look so good. You look so gingham style. handsome. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yes. What was yes. that all about, getting you dressed up and out of the house? Appearance in court. <laughs> really? <laughs> I take a bath whether I need it or not. Ooh. Doo, doo, doo. I, um, yeah, I had to go somewhere and do something in public. What was it? And, Tell us about it, because this is something that no. was news. To, no? No. Well, I can. I mean, you don't want to talk about it. I, I did do a, want to talk about it. I did two live performances in wow. this past. Live performances. At uh, San Francisco Sketch Fest. Ooh. You bring your pencils and your paper. And- <laughs> that, that kind of sketch? Yeah, let's start over. Yeah, I, I mentioned this at the show, but I, 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 um, I, I have developed a fondness for these uh, Ben Sherman shirts, which are these, you know, nice shirts. They're kind of costly. They fit in kind of a, Euro- what they call a European cut. Mm. They're kind of a slender cut. I like it. When I, bought, and I, I, I bought that red and white gingham shirt. Because uh, I I realized that I want to look more like um, uh, who's the guy from the baseball movie? Um, oh, Tom Hanks, the League of Their Own. I want to look more like Tom Hanks. No, more like um, <laughs> who's the old guy in Eight Men Out? What's his name? Oh, uh, uh, Yule, Yule Brenner. I want to look more like Studs Turkle. And so I bought this shirt. It was kind of costly. I brought it home. I put it on, and I swear to Christ, I I merely looked like I was a an assistant manager at Bob Evans. <laughs> no, I don't warm that up for you. No, I look stupid. <laughs> no, I thought you looked very handsome. It's one of those things, like like leather pants or a vest or a cowboy hat that you have to have the right shaped body for and the right shaped personality. And I'm not sure I have a gingham shaped personality. I'm not going to lie to you. But thank you, Dan. Nobody I, I shave. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Please go I, ahead. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll talk about this all you want. Just you generally don't want to <clears throat> like talk about these things. No, I, I do like talking about you like, these You like discussing <laughs> my appearance. That seems like it's almost a hobby of yours. It, not a hobby as much as an, a general pursuit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wish I could find this photo of you that I found. It was on Twitter, and I, I don't know what. What happened? I think to it's it. a photo that uh, John Roderick took of me at a Japanese restaurant. Yeah, you know, if you go to the John Roderick feed and and you'll find it. You might have to look past some United Airlines toots, but <laughs> it's in there somewhere. I'll find it. Uh, will he be all right if I if I put it onto the? Uh, into the I don't think notes? John's all right about hardly anything, but <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think he knows where you live, so you're probably all right. No. Yeah, when I had a really nice, you know, because he's now the thing about John. I know you don't listen to the program, but the thing about John is uh, about six months ago. Uh, he got off the glutens. Really? And, and it changed everything for him. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's the man who got me back into noodles at one point. Oh, right. I was off the noodles for a while. <laughs> but uh, he's cut out all the sugar and uh, all of the the wheat, and uh, now he's become tiresome, like us. Yeah? He used to be so interesting. <laughs> he used to talk about <laughs> literally walking across Europe, and now he talks about what he had for breakfast. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking for the uh, for the image, and we'll put it into the into the show notes. Yeah, it was good. We did a couple live shows for uh, of Roderick on the line for Sketchfest, and um, man, live recording is hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I think nothing. No disrespect to the very nice man that I gave the Zoom H4 recorder to at, at our at our second show, but um, he recorded off of the built-in mics. Mm. Right. 
in the uh, XLRs. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> shuffling around yeah. and you can kind of hear that there's a performance somewhere else in the room. Oh no. Yeah. Call it room sound. Oh my gosh. No. There's a lot of like, uh, you know, shuffling around. Because it's, for people who don't know what the H4 uh, thing is, it's got on, on the, 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 the butt end of it, it's got a, but- uh, Glazed again. Yeah, it's got butt glazing on it, and uh, oh, you listen, and it's got uh, uh, where you plug in external microphones, and then on the other end, it has the two built-in microphones, which you would normally point at, which are which are quite which are quite good if handled well. It, you get a really nice room, like stereo room sound out of it, but you would not, generally speaking, by audio standards, want to record the sound booth rather than the performance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because I, I got real, I got real antsy because I realized it was going to fall to me to be the tech person on this, and this is something I'm not confident about. Yeah, I, you know, I have this dusty Mackie mixer I never touch. I, it, you know, for me, it's like GarageBand. That's about all I can handle. So, I mean, I have you have you used an H4? Yeah, quite extensively. It's kind of stressful. It doesn't it's, because it doesn't. Uh, these things are great, and they rarely have any problems. But it doesn't feel like it's doing anything. It's yes. This is not interesting. We'll cut this out. But but here's here's the thing: is I, I was describing to John my anxiety about this because you know you only get one chance to get this right. Who knows? I mean, you know, the person might plug it in and then decide to tweak the master volume, and mm-hmm. suddenly, you know. But you know, there's several things about it. First of all, it's a lot like using a Texas Instruments digital watch from 1978 with a race car on it, where where different dials do the same thing. It's got a little jog. Like a, like an old kind of like using an iPod to to go through menus, but it's very hard to see what the settings are. And it's actually I don't think anybody has ever picked up an H four, hit record, and had it do what they expect. No, no one. Because when you see a red, like let's say you see a light that says record, and it's a red light and it blinks, doesn't a blinking red light that says record kind of put you in the mind of something that's recording? I mean, that's doesn't what it seem like that's probably recording. That's what you would hope. Yeah. It's not though. Mm-mm. That means it's, it means I'm ready to record. Hit me again. I turn solid red and I make recording. It's totally confusing, you know. You know, you know what it's like a little bit is um I think I think we've talked about this how frustrating it is like uh like on Halloween at my kids school I, I shot all these videos and I thought I had all these amazing like, you know, one to three minute videos of the kids walking around in their costumes. Instead what I have is one <laughs> second of right after I thought I was recording. Yeah. You ever catch that? that you get, yeah, it's a lot. The motion of your phone moving into your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, that was Captain Marvel. <laughs> it's because it's the wrong visual cues. You have if and we we did talk about this once. If you go to uh, the 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 just the regular old video recording, you know, you go to camera and you swipe to the right to make it go to video, what you have is a big red circle that to me says, I'm recording. And if you hit the big red circle, it turns to a tiny little square that says, uh, hit me to start recording. But in fact, you have started recording, and that's the stop button because it's square. And don't we all know that all stop buttons are square, even if they're... Uh, red? No, that's not good. No, it's it's it, it's totally confusing, and um, I don't know. I mean, I've noticed a lot of. Well, let me just say, I'll be really glad when this iOS update comes out because a lot mm-hmm. of the um, people in the know say that 
a lot of the things that have been very frustrating about iOS 7 and especially on my 5S, um, personally, I know my curlies have these problems, lots of crazy crashes, just weird stuff. Apparently a lot of that gets fixed. So I'm really looking forward to that. But have you seen all the discussion about like the shift key? Uh, I mean, I already no. don't understand the shift key. Can you tell when the shift key is mm-hmm. in the right place? Right. No, there's three different, there's three different settings for the shift key in, uh, in iOS 7. One is, the key looks like the other keys, but oh, darker this, because it's green. If you put if you put three of them up and had had, I think I'm going to guess if you had ten people pick from the three and say which one of these is key lock versus off mm-hmm. versus on. I don't. I suspect most people couldn't no. tell you. It's it's one of those things where you know maybe in context it makes sense, or when you're used to it, it makes sense. But you know. The, you know, remember the old trick, the old customer service trick of telling people to blow the dust out of the plug. Mm-hmm. In the case of my electrician sending me to the store for screws, <laughs> yes, like there's the way to like try and like get somebody you know who's an ignoramus to play along. Um, when we were kids, and I, I would play with our little Zenith cassette recorder, you re- you had to push down on the record and play button at the same time. Mm-hmm. It was really obvious when you were recording because these two giant keys were pressed down, right. And I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's so obvious today. I. I also. This is. I'm just old and dumb. You know. If it wasn't for Nash Culturel, I don't know where I'd be right now. But uh, when I try and take a panorama, I keep. I keep accidentally hitting it more than once and start over. And uh, is it just me, Dan? It's kind of just me, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think that it's. It's it in they've made uh, some decisions as far as the way that things work that that seem to be less intuitive for most people. Uh, I don't think it's just you at all. Well, it's you know what it is kind of just me. I mean, there was a time there was a time. Um, <laughs> I flip on my Morgan Freeman. Tom was a man new when his videotape was recording. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I think in 2000, like around the time of say like 43 folder starting, I was so deeply involved in like caring so much about everything related to Apple and my Mac. I could draw most interfaces from memory probably. Mm-hmm. And today I absolutely could not do that. I, I, I am, I'm like, a, I'm like a grandpa. I got the glasses on the tip of my nose. I'm like, let me just, uh, I got to mash on the dingus to, to engage the recorder file. <laughs> Oh, something's moving. No, start it over. Be cute again. <laughs> Stupid kids. But, uh, you know, it's funny. It is so funny also. Like, I, I do, I, I used to be famous or infamous in my own head for um, having exceeded the number of apps you can have on an iPhone. Ah, oh, yes. What were you Which, doing with all those apps? Well, I would buy them or download them. Sometimes they were bookmarks. I like, you know, in some cases, some of the things that I use the most... In some cases, are bookmarklets. Like, don't get me started. Everybody's all mad about Dark Sky. I've always liked Forecast.io, the web version of that, better than the app. Do, do you use Do you use Dark Sky or uh, Forecast.io? I do not like Forecast.io because it is a web page, and I don't. That's not what I want. What I want. I is can't native tell I, on my on my iPhone. It's on my homepage. Yeah, I don't like. And that. Uh, okay, the fact Uh-oh. that I know it's not. So, the, but the new Dark Sky. Which is from the same people now has all of the goodness of Forecast.io and it, and it's a native app and it makes me happy. Isn't that kind of amazing though that that? Well, first of all, it's amazing that we have iPhones. But then I think it's it, it is pretty crazy though if you bring up Forecast.io on your. I know it doesn't it isn't exactly like having an app, but it's pretty crazy what you can do with HTML these days. It really, God, is. I'm, I'm fascinated, Dan. I am so interesting. I'm really 
Interesting. Uh, see, now I was going to get a 27-inch iMac, but now you got me worried about ports. How many, th- how many Thunderbolt ports do you need? Well, here's what I would think. I would think... What are you today, capturing? If you bought a top-of-the-line iMac, mm. totally tricked out, I yeah. would guess that it would have 11 <laughs> to 14 Thunderbolt ports. Yeah. Right? Because you get the Black Magic, right? Or you do. And a, and a, and a port on there, mm-hmm. and you're paying $200 mm-hmm. plus cables. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Butt glazing. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, no, t- two is... Um, Two sounds cheap. You it sounds two. like they're not serious about it. They're not. It sounds yes, exactly. So you get USB three and Thunderbolt. Is that correct? Yeah. So on on the back of this thing, you got a couple USB three ports, and you've got two Thunderbolt ports. And the, for all intents and purposes, that's all you get. I mean, there's an Ethernet, but who cares? So the the main thing that that we ran into here is that we're doing the video stuff, and we've got a uh, a need to have two video cameras uh, coming HDMI out and into the Mac. So you you have to do that with this black magic this black magic box that connects with Thunderbolt. So we could have each each so it's one video camera to one box to one Thunderbolt port. So we're using both of them, but we've still got an audio thing. We've got an Mbox Pro audio thing because we don't do USB with that. We use FireWire like all audio people. And you need to convert FireWire to Thunderbolt in order to use that with one of these more modern Macs because they don't have FireWire ports anymore. Fine. But that's taking up another Thunderbolt port. So we had to get this expansion, this Belkin expansion thing, which gives you an Ethernet and a Thunderbolt because these things don't change. I'm just saying, would it kill Apple to put an extra couple Thunderbolt ports if they really, you know, I would have paid more for it. Sure. I'll pay an extra couple hundred bucks for it. Why not? You're not a professional. I don't want to have to get a Mac Pro to have more than two Thunderbolt ports. How many does that have? More than two, I guess. I don't know. I I'm gonna miss this thing. I love it. What this, is it? The, the, your old your old school Mac, Mac Pro? Yeah, my Mac Pro. I don't know. I don't remember exactly when I got it, but it'll turn eight years old this year. Wow. And I was saying to my wife, how you know, whatever Moore's Law aside, I mean, like an eight year old computer is a pretty old computer. Yeah. It's it, it has served me well, but I do, I just, I don't know. It seems strange. Like part of the whole cool thing with a Mac to me, in some ways, has been that if you wanted to add anything beyond a mouse, well, I mean, you know, it used to be you'd add a hard drive and it'd be an external hard drive. But it used to be if you wanted anything more than a keyboard and a mouse, you could get that. But you could you could fly, you know, pretty much with just plugging stuff into the box. And, you know, I, I, uh, I guess with it just, this, other people have said this, but it does seem kind of ironic that the Mac Pro, I, I mean, I understand the trade offs that are made, but it is kind of funny, like how much to make this beautiful art object, this 2001 looking obelisk to sit on your desk, show off to your fancy friends, you're then going to need probably at least three cables coming out of the back of it, mm-hmm. at least, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Because you're going to, I mean, you're going to want to have at, at least one way to get all, get to all your hard drives. I don't know. I, I for a long time I had really good. I feel like I had my best overall success and good luck because of a Mac Pro and timing. Where I would just buy. How can I put this? Okay, so at one point, maybe two, three years ago or so, one terabyte drives got under a hundred bucks. So it, generally speaking, when I was in a period, and I would always buy them in pairs, as you do, and. Um, but you could buy like a whole bunch of one terabyte drives, and they you always knew which drive to back up. Oh, yeah. Is this making sense? No, if you it have is. like right now, I've got a uh, 
three terabyte drive for media stuff. I've got a two terabyte drive for my main drive, and it's kind of confusing. It used to be that I just had a whole bunch of one terabyte drives I could pop in and out of the Mac Pro. It's got yeah. four, you know, bays in it, and I have two optical drives. <laughs> Can you believe that? Can you mm-hmm. believe that? In 2006, it occurred to me that I should have two optical drives. What were you doing with it? Because, because there were two openings for an optical drive, you had to fill both? No, I mean, if you know, as Marco mentions a lot on ATP, you can I actually have a kit I've never installed. You can switch out your optical drive to be a drive bay. Yeah, uh, It's not like a, a big deal. But anyway, I'm just saying, you know, it's... This has, I've clung to this for so long because it's continued to work to where, you know, now it doesn't work. And it's been probably coming up on, what, three, four, six months now that I, every time I record a podcast, I record a couple, couple to five podcasts a week, which means I've got to like, I turn off the Mac Pro. I, I, I have mm. a network setting to shut off all the network connections. I sleep it. I put this MacBook Air on my desk. I have to plug everything. It's not, you know, whatever. It's, it's, you know. It's not like being in a concentration camp, but I mean, it's it's super annoying given that that's my nominal job. I just think it's time I might have to bite the bullet, bite the bullet, and the twenty-seven inch. Does that seem like a good? That seems like a good move for me, huh? That's a yeah, it's a very good move. So, what do I do with my thirty-inch Dell monitor? Uh, you can get is it DVI? Yeah, you can get a Thunderbolt uh, two DVI adapter, leaving a one port. Sickening. See what I'm saying? Uh, I do. I do. I think I got to do it. Next time I get a chunk of change, I'll buy a computer. I hate buying computers. The 27 is is really nice. I mean, it's it a sounds like screen. I understand. I mean, and I can't you can look upgrade at the RAM yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Huh. That used to be a really big deal. No, it's so easy with this. It's got a little panel in the back, and here's the cool thing that Apple did. Uh, and then I want to tell you about something I like. Thank um, you. The so you 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 know how the Apple has those sort of circular base attachments to the way the the plug uh, for power plugs into it, so that you can't just use like a regular old PC style plug. You've got a I guess you could, but it has like a little disc attached to the base of the plug where it meets with the iMac or where it meets with the Mac Pro. Yeah. When you remove that, there's a little button that you push down, and when you push this button, it slowly pops off the cover for the RAM. It's very cool. See, that's good design. Yeah. No extra hey, stuff. Hey, Dan? Dan? Mm-hmm. Dan? Yeah. Um, could you tell me about something you like? This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to create your own website. Do you see their Super Bowl? I know you don't watch uh, Super Bowls. Did you see their Super Bowl commercial? They have a Super Bowl commercial. I feel really bad I haven't seen it. I heard Bob Dylan did a commercial, and that kind of freaks me out. Uh, he wasn't on the Squarespace one, but he did have one. And uh, it's more American than America. Oh. It was weird. Yeah, that was weird. John Roderick said he looked like a coin purse that somebody had painted with whiteout. Oh, and then unkind. That's true. Yeah, but the Squarespace commercial uh, was Dan. Was a big Dan, deal. this is a big year for them. They they, they are. They I mean, advertised during the Super Bowl. That puts <laughs> us in league with the Super Bowl. Do you see that? Well, you just see Scarlett Johansson too, right? Of course I did. Yes. Let me put, let me put it this way. I saw uh, quite a bit of her. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> In the commercial. Uh, free Ooh. trial, 10% off. Go to squarespace.com. You're going to use the offer code. Are you ready for, for this one, Merlin? I'm excited. It's a new month. It's now the month of two. Sleep. <laughs> you like that to, one? Need to sleep. I need to sleep. Sleep. <laughs> So uh, they, they, Squarespace has so much stuff. My mom 
is a new Squarespace user. Did you hear about this? Tell her this? I said hi. Well, I'll tell her. Uh, she's not familiar with your work. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, but anybody can use this stuff. Is she, Even, is she making jewelry? What is she doing? She wants to write. I don't know what she's exactly doing, but she hopes to have a blog uh, through which she can make some money. Good for her. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know how, if it's affiliate linking, I don't know what she's going to be doing, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, so, but, but, but Squarespace makes it easy no matter what your level of ability or your experience with this kind of thing. You can sit down and start writing if you want, or you can tweak the design because they've got all these amazing templates that you can get started with and they're all beautiful and they're all responsive. And, uh, I, I mean, they have all of the, oh, Layout engine, new version of layout engine. What do you think of that? Have you messed around with it? Have you tried it? Yeah, just very briefly today. It's uh, it. You don't even notice it. No, it's. Much, I mean, I mean that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, it's much faster, much easier to. Although it was easy before, it's even easier now to change and tweak and and customize the layout. Uh, you can also use Markdown, which Merlin's a big fan of, and so am I, to do your post. And you can set it to default to Markdown if you're a geek like that. You can tap and drag images within your post. Uh, the iOS apps make all this just incredibly easy, and, uh, and and they have a number of new iOS 7 updates for Note and for Portfolio. If you're a musician and you want to put your album up there, they've got audio collections. If you're shipping stuff with their commerce system, they've got a 3D visualizer for shipping. Uh, you start all of this, you don't even need to give them a credit card or anything. If you want to purchase it, it's going to start at 8 bucks a month. You sign up for a year, you get a free domain name, which is awesome, but it's going to be 10% off. And, uh, and when you sign up, you'll be supporting the show if you use the code sleep. I need to sleep. Squarespace.com. Go check them out. Our thanks to Squarespace.com for supporting 5 by 5 and Back to Work. With Merlin Mann. With Merlin Mann. <clears throat> yeah, I was, just, I was just looking real quick at the blog. They had a post, mm, they had a post on their blog about um, all, like, all the stuff they've done recently. It's kind of overwhelming like how much they've added. Mm-hmm. They got the new commerce. They got the guy, so everybody gets commerce now. Is that the idea? I think so. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Look right now. What this is eating? the part where you talk after I do a sorry. spot. Oh, <clears throat> I like Squarespace. I, yeah, anyway, I, I've tried to move out into different kinds of clothes. I've tried, I've got, I've, I've gotten, um, <laughs> I got a pair of jeans. Matt Alexander sent me some jeans. That, that oh, really? People are, people are calling them skinny jeans. I think they just fit. I think people are so used That's to seeing That's a very modern me. attitude from the old guy here. Well, I agree with you, know, you. You don't every. I I think your jeans. I'm trying to remember what your jeans were like. I'm more fo- nah. Would you like a photo. I'll take a photo if you want of new and old. Well, I were the old ones baggy? Were they sort of nineties, nineteen nineties, like nineties Gap style dad jeans or what? Yeah, nineties Gap style dad jeans. It depends on how much water I'm retaining. Like right now, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> I get a little gunt sometimes. Little uh, little panis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were you ever hypnotized? This is this is an old thing from you look nice today. But did you? I mean, have you ever been hypnotized by the mysterious third gut? You ever seen somebody, and you think that's got to be what is that? An eighth of an orange? What is that thing? Right. <sighs> Let's see. <laughs> what has happened to this show? We used to help people. I my god, you know what? There was a time. Tom was. I um I had very successful sleep last night and who do I have to thank for it? I have a listener to thank for it. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah. Um 
somebody sent me a, a very, very long email about sleep that was mm-hmm. really good. And I tried something they recommended. Because the thing is, I, I do probably do the Benadryl route more than I should. By which I mean I do take that more than I should. What, what do you think more than I should is for you? A lot. Uh, once a week, once a, a night? What are you, Stasi? No, <laughs> I, I, I take it like a gentleman. Um, but it does make me super schmooper logy sometimes. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like taking, uh, does the, it, is uh, it addictive to do that? Like, do you, th- you think do- you're better than me? <laughs> no, do, is it, I'm asking, is it something no, I'm, that, I'm, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I would guess that it can become psychologically addictive. What I will say is I think. I, what do I take? I take like the Unisom, I guess, which is, you know, like I say, it's, it's, I think it's Benadryl. It, it might be worse, but I don't, I think that's what it is. Anyhow, um, I think, I think you do, one can get a tolerance for it. Mm. It really sucks. You know, it's like with NyQuil. I don't know if you have this experience with NyQuil, but I, I think NyQuil, uh, nothing against the NyQuil family of products. They're good people. But I always felt like <clears throat> with me, NyQuil, like night one of NyQuil, boom, daddy go to sleep. Night two of NyQuil, eh, I guess I'll sleep. And the third night, it's like, ah, night terrors. I'm up all night shrieking, oh and it God. has the opposite effect. Um, but, you know, I, I had tried with this reader, who I, who I want to credit for this. Um, it's either Drew or Dave. Drew or Dave. My email is not working. Um, this person suggested that, gosh, I'll get the name right and put it in the show notes, but... um. Said, hey, you know, the Benadryl route is good, but try this. Um, you know, melatonin. I'd taken melatonin before, taken a big ass melatonin. Thought, yeah. oh, take more melatonin, good melatonin. Something, something science apparently turns out you take too much melatonin and your body does some kind of, uh, in this thing, they call it a kickback. It kicks, it kicks, and you get like, it tries to, your body compensates for it. So you end up waking up in a few hours. He suggested taking a very small sliver of melatonin early. And so last night I tried half a Benadryl and a sliver of melatonin. Oh, I so sl- you're, wait, you're mixing? It's like a cocktail? You think you're better than me? I'm just saying, is that advised? Not if you have it with a drink. Like a it's, scotch? Well, it's not scotch, but I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a therapeutic dose. A pharm- pharmacological... Uh, no, but uh, I, I'm going to try just the melatonin tonight. But it's frustrating when you've been sleeping and then you don't sleep. This is not interesting to people. No, this Dan, is actually is, I promise you, very interesting. We got nice responses from people. No, about this, this is this is what they want to hear. So Okay. Well I'll talk straight up you, about it. No, let me let are are you saying that you're you have some insomnia? Is that what it is? Because sleep is a fascinating, fascinating subject, and I think people who sleep well and who right. haven't had any issues with sleep. <laughs> Those yeah. people, they're, they, you know, they're going to say, oh, this isn't it. But that's not, I think, I think the majority of people in the space of our listeners have or will have sleep issues. And oh. it's a, it's a big thing. And people who don't get it, they just take it for granted and uh, that they're just going to have great sleep. And it's, it's a big thing. Yeah, I think arguably the last month of episodes that we've had are, are things where you're either going to go, what? Who has that problem? Right. Or you're going to go, oh my God, you're freaking me out. How right. much thank, you for, thank you for being in my head and talking about it, right? It's right. one or the other. Anxiety, the anxiety sleep 
arc, the nexus, I mean, it's, I think it's something a lot of people struggle with. I know a lot of people, I know anxiety. I know, for example, we talked about a few weeks ago is, is, is the, I think the single biggest complaint that people have when they, when they go to a doctor, especially if they're talking to somebody about mental health issues, because you know, how you get to anxiety comes from a million different places. And I have to say, I think it's heavily related to sleep. Why? Because if in my case, well, I think in most people's cases, if you are very anxious, it's difficult to go to sleep and stay asleep. And in my case, conversely, if I can't sleep and I wake up, guess what I get a lot of? Anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I think they're very, they're very heavily related. If there's anything that I, I feel like I've learned a little bit, so we did our whole episode about sleep and how to kind of prepare for better sleep, which I, I think is useful to think about. I guess uh, paradigmatically, it's useful for me to realize that sleep is not as simple as it seems. Because sleep, when you're a little kid, you go out and you play all day, you get tired, you go to bed at 8 o'clock, you wake up at seven in the morning or whatever, and you've been asleep the whole time, unless right. you made a tinkle, right? But you've been asleep, and so that seems so simple. It seems as simple as I lay down, I fall into a deep sleep, I wake up from my deep sleep when it's morning time. Mm-hmm. And I think the part about that that it's useful to know, uh, it's useful to know that that's more complex than it seems because there are different cycles that you go through when you're sleeping. So like we said last time, you know, a lot of people, some people have trouble getting asleep, some people have trouble falling asleep, and then some people who don't think they have either of those problems merely have a terrible quality of sleep. Yeah. So they, you may wake up saying, I don't understand why I'm so tired. I slept for seven, eight, nine hours. Why am I so tired? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, so myth number one, sleep is not simple. It's not as simple as falling asleep and waking up. There's a lot more going on in between. But, but second of all, quality of sleep, um, you may be waking up what I, what I will scientifically refer to as a micro wake up. It may just be that you turn over um, at, at a far end of the spectrum. Like I say, you may have something like sleep apnea, where you're actually you your <laughs> your partner might say, "Hey, wake up! You're dying. You just stop breathing for a minute." <laughs> um, snoring, all these kinds of things, where you're not actually getting the deep sleep. You're not getting the REM sleep. So um, I don't know. I, I guess so. I guess for me, like step a big step was preparing to get better sleep. That, that actually, it sounds silly. It seems like it shouldn't work, but it really does make a difference. Minimizing the amount of that blue light we talked about, keeping mm-hmm. that room dark. Um, don't have too much to drink. Don't eat too late. You know, if if it matters to you, those are things that are at least worth trying. So you can at least see, like, you know, is it possible for me to get sleep? But then I think the next level for me is trying to get a whole healthy night of sleep that doesn't depend on drugs. Uninterrupted. Uninterrupted, yeah. Do yeah, you, but let me ask you this: Does your yeah. I, I don't want to derail the conversation into a, uh, something you're going, but um, I, I remember back when I was doing hypercritical with John Syracuse, he was telling me how his son would not want to go to sleep and then sometimes wake up. And my uh, my six year old boy will sometimes do this. And he did it last night, and I'll tell you what I figured out the cause of it. Uh, but he'll wake up, and it's clear that he's been having some kind of bad dream or nightmare or something, but he won't be totally awake because you, you know it when he's totally awake. I mean, he's, he's talking constantly and, you know, very much awake when he's awake. He'll kind of be in a, what I won't quite call it sleepwalking, but he can talk and he can kind of hear you, but he doesn't, his eyes aren't fully open and he kind of is walking around a little bit. And so last night this happened and, and it was, you know, it usually happens in the like between 10 and 11 PM time period, which is after he's been asleep for a couple hours. And last night I, I hear him sort of, he's sort of shouting 
And he, he, he says, well, somebody help me. He's fine. But, you know, this is like, so you run up there. And he's out of his bed and he's sort of walking around in his room and it's dark in there. And, you know, I usually give him a hug. I'm like, it's all right, buddy. Let's get back in bed. He'll go back in bed. I'll be like, you okay? I'll be like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm like, do you need anything to drink? And then he won't answer you. And then he goes right back to sleep. But he's never really awake and he doesn't have any recollection of it the next day at all. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't happen a lot, maybe once a week. But I figured it out. It's if he's too warm, if he's too hot. Uh, because, like, we have... You know, like our heater is either every, the house is frozen <laughs> or it's a thousand degrees. There's I have no the same model. <laughs> there's no in between. And so, like, if I put the blanket on him instead of just a sheet, and the heat is on the hot as hell setting, then he will have this night dream terror thing. But if I leave the blanket off of him and the heat is on, then it's fine. It's just and because he's usually really sweet. So, but this is like the thing. Like my point is, kids aren't even necessarily even immune to this because you know mm-hmm. i know that on the day after that happens he's not as rested as he would have been if he hadn't had that wake up even though he's not fully conscious yeah absolutely i don't think it's necessarily anything quite as extreme as according to hoyle sleepwalking but like you know i mean at dinner last night we were saying something to our daughter about oh you, you know got up and went to the bathroom she's like no i didn't like well yeah you did right. you know i mean it's that's good that's awesome that you get up and go to the bathroom a lot of kids you know a lot yeah, older right. than that don't bother um and uh but but she's a little sensitive about it it's like we're trying to call her on something cuz i don't think she remembered <laughs> having done it and what it reminds i don't know if this is well two things first of all the the i in my scholarship my amateur scholarship of sleep i've read lots of things that say that keeping your room a little cooler rather than warmer will help you sleep mm-hmm. that you'll sleep better it feels like you'll be more cozy if you have it warm but you actually do sleep better and more deeply if it's cool back to your thing about sleeping around the fire right right um so i i, I do believe that um but the other thing is you ever go to camp i mean you know there's all those horrible things you do to children at camp you put their hand in warm water while they're sleeping to make oh, them pee right well, there's a, there's a one thing you could do. I didn't believe this until I saw it, but you can, if if somebody's sleeping very deeply, you can like shake them awake and ask them a question, and mm-hmm. they'll probably tell you the truth. <laughs> really? <laughs> Did you ever do this at camp? No. Camp is such a crucible. <laughs> it's such a horrible place. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think I don't know. I mean, I have to imagine that it has to do with like the parts of your brain that are. You know, even though the the conscious part of your conversational walking around drinking coffee brain is for practical purposes shut down, there's still a lot going on under the hood. And this is why I feel like I, I don't feel qualified to talk about this, but th- this is why the whole REM sleep thing is so interesting because everything, and if you go back, we'll put it in show notes for this week, but if you go back um, and look at some of those links I put in, it, it does appear that REM sleep is where a huge amount of uh, what, like I said, garbage collection or organization is going on. It's It's where... You know, I think it used to be, I think the conventional wisdom used to be that, or like what we used to say was, oh, dreams, you have to sleep because when you sleep, you have dreams and dreams keep you sane because all the crazy gets out of you. And I, I obviously that's not science, but I, I do think it, it appears that there's something very significant going on during that time that, that involves what I can only think of as mental exhaust. Mm. You know, it's like you're like you're airing out your 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 brain for a little while. It's right. not as simple as simply getting a rest. It's that I don't know. I don't want to say anymore unless I read about it. But that's interesting. You should say that. L- little kids, have you ever have you ever been a sleepwalker? No, yourself, never. I I haven't either. It's really it um it kind of it's it kind of um it freaks me out the idea of sleepwalking. 
I don't think I've ever done it. My wife has told me that I snore sometimes and that I sometimes do an apnea-like thing, which freaks me out. Where where you sort of stop breathing or do a... Like, I have, I have been told that I have snored on... Um, like if I'm really, really tired and my sleep schedule is really off and I'm on, I happen to be on my back, I, there's snoring, but it's not like, you know, the, like, uh, the bear is hibernating kind of snoring. Some people, I think some people snore when they drink. If you've had a lot to drink, so that makes some people snore. But, you know, I've, uh, you don't discover this about your friends until you like share a room with them. But, you, you know, sometimes it's, it's crazy how loud some people can snore. Mm. It's, you know, and, but and I think that'll they'll sometimes get a snore with a half apnea. You'll hear like a, You know that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a form of apnea. This is you think this is what people tune in for? This is yes. This is very yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, I I'm gratified to know that people are not put off by that talk because it's a you know it's something that's there's a there's somebody on Twitter pointed me to a funny thing in the Onion, and the headline was something along the lines of you know. Um, People disturbed to find out that they've been unconscious for a third of the day or something like that. And I think, you know, when you get busy, you certainly feel like, oh my gosh, like sleep is like, it's so stupid. Why do I have to spend, I you know, ideally a third of my life completely knocked out, you know? But I, I think, you know, one of my ongoing Im- implicit goals that I often fall sh- far short of is to try not to half-ass things. Um. So like with my daughter, like I'll get, I'll get home and there's things that you have to do. Sometimes you have to do things like cook dinner. You have to take out the trash. You have to do dumb stuff. You have to run an errand. You have to pay a bill. You got to do stuff. And you know, she really wants to, wants to play, which is awesome. But I'll, I'll say to her, look, I, I want to pay like very close to 100% attention to you. Like I, the thing is what I don't want to do is be distracted while I'm doing that. And in order to do that, I've got to take care of these other things. Now you can come with me and run these errands. All I got to do is then go to Walgreens and, you know, put this thing in the mail. You can come with me. That'll be fine. But I can't really concentrate on these things until I do these other things well. And I think that's the, that's the downside. When we talk about problems with productivity, for that matter, talk about problems with sleep, I think we're talking about a kind of chronic half-assing, which is that if you chronically half-ass your sleep, then you're kind of unintentionally maybe chronically half-assing your life because you're not going to be totally there. It's going to take you a real time, a real long time to wake up. Um, if you're like, like we said in the, when we talked about sleep, you, you know, you take, you drink a bunch of coffee to wake up, but really all that does is just kind of overstimulate you. Right. Like, it, you, like there's this thing that, oh, I'm tired. I'll drink more coffee to wake up. But then you'd sort of just become like twitchy and tired. Well, yeah, and it's it's a kind of like a low level form of um, you become like Elvis, where you have this complex, ongoing cocktail of stimulants and depressants that you have to have in a certain order at certain times of day in order to approximate, you know, normalcy. You know, so you, you got to have your stimulants in the morning, but then you get so stimulated that you like got to go have this giant meal that makes you want to fall asleep. And then after you want to fall asleep, you got to have more stimulants to wake up. Well, right. now back to where we're now it's seven o'clock and you're sitting there twitching. So you eat your giant Subway sandwich and go to sleep like a sumo wrestler. And that's, <clears throat> I mean, it, you're always fighting the last war from a health standpoint. You know what I mean? And um, it's of all the things that you can do to improve how you feel and how you operate the sleep thing 
we can close it out after this, as far as I'm concerned. But the, the, the nice thing about sleep is the knock-on effects of getting good sleep. And, and if you go back and listen to where we talked about sleep, I think I said pretty clearly, like, yeah, getting your room ready, having your room be in a certain state is really important and actually really easy. Turn off the lights and don't watch TV. That's yeah. a great start. Getting prepared to go to bed, that's really good. But really, it's also what you do during the day. Mm-hmm. The, the funny thing about you know whatever it is, getting organized, getting more sleep, eating better, exercising more, when you introduce structure, you introduce mindfulness. So that's why I tend to think that regardless of whatever diet you go on, as long as it doesn't involve vomiting and pooping, like it's probably going to be a salutary change because it's making you think more about food. It's making you think more about what you'd like to have in your body. And it's making you more mindful about things like your energy, about things like, gosh, it really seems like at certain times a day I have more energy if I, if I do these things. And if all you're doing is self-medicating over how you feel felt an hour ago, mm-hmm. you're never going to have that opportunity to go to this baseline state. You're never going to have a morning where you wake up and have a certain amount of clarity about, wow, I didn't drink a ton last night. I didn't stay up all night. I didn't have my face an inch away from a big blue light. And somehow I feel a little bit better today. Well, that's interesting to note. So, you know, I think that's the the problem with a lot of things, you know, I, like we said, you know, yeah, I can't get good sleep because I'm, I'm too tired. Yeah. I, uh, I can't get organized because I'm too busy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we are so... I am so averse to pain, discomfort, and inconvenience that like, I will... Like all human beings. Like all human beings, that I'll self-medicate uh, in one way or another. And when you, when you start doing that, when you start trying to cover up or paper over like a, a, a little problem, then that becomes a bigger problem. And you, know, if you can fool yourself into believing that that's how it has to be, but you know, it, it, those chickens do come home to roost at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Sometimes at three in the morning when I sit there and think about how my life's falling apart. <laughs> right. <laughs> Am I the only person who gets that? I hope not. No, I think the later in the <laughs> night that it gets to be, the more that happens. That's the one that kills me is even when I feel like my sleep is going pretty well, it drives me bananas that I've gotten to sleep. And again, I can look at, so the Fitbit, <clears throat> just to quickly review and then I'll hear about something you like. Okay. The Fitbit that I have, the Fitbit Flex, when, you, when you're ready to go to bed, you go tap, 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 really fast on it, and it goes blink, 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 and these little allies come up, and it goes into sleep mode. And basically, what ha- all it does is it works the same as any sleep dingus. It monitors how often you move, right? So if you just move a little bit, it records that as you stirring. If, it's mo- if you're moving contiguously over more than a minute or whatever, it turns from a blue line to a red line. So I can see, like, I was awake. I can see I went to the bathroom here at, like, 3 in the morning. Or I can see this weird pattern of, like, I, I thought I was asleep and everything was copacetic. But then all of a sudden, I didn't even realize how much I was stirring after, like, 3.30 in the morning. And uh, that makes me more mindful. That video gamifies my sleep in a way that makes me want to get better at it because I do, you know, acknowledge those knock-on effects. So, um, we can talk more if you want. But would Dan, would you please tell me about something you like? Sure, I can do that if you really want. New Relic. I'd really, really, I'd, I'd really want that. There's a Fancy Pants uh, San Francisco company, New Relic. They actually are uh, really, really cool. And they've been around for a long time uh, doing pretty much one thing and doing it really, really well. And what is that? It's software analytics. Now, that sounds boring, uh, but they collect metrics. And collecting metrics really is a, a, a dark science. I mean, they're working with millions of applications. They're doing this data collection in real time. 
And, you know, it's 2014, Merlin. One thing people are really focused on this year is seamless application performance, multiple platforms, all devices. This sounds simple, but if you have anything to do with app development, building applications, web applications, server stuff, iOS stuff, getting this data and making, you know, pulling this together and making it work consistently. Well, what kind of data am I talking about? I'm talking about is what hap- why does the website get slow at this time of day? How come when we have lots of visitors, the site is slow? Well, you would think, oh, it's just too many. No, that's fixable. These are fixable problems. How are people using my iOS app? Why are they quitting it at this time? Why did it crash here? All of this kind of stuff is is knowable. This is information. And uh, I've, I've used this example before, but I'll say it again. It used to be that after we would post a show on 5 by 5 the site would would get really, really slow. Why? <laughs> That's my fault. That's my fault. It wasn't just your fault. The, re- <laughs> the reason was it was uh, the way that it was generating the RSS feeds. Uh, it was generating the RSS feeds. And as you know, we have links. And the links for this show can be found at 5by5.tv slash b to w slash 157. So that's where you go to find the links. Well, it's generate each of those links is a little object that's attached to the episode, which are in the broadcast, which when you spit them out into a feed that has hundreds and hundreds of entries, it's slow, right? Well, I knew that that was slow. I knew that was a bottleneck, but I didn't know exactly what it was that I was doing or how to fix it. New Relic told me and it told me and all I had to do was add a one line to add the gem file to the Rails application and then move the YML file, YAML file that's a config file over that they generate for me. One line of code, one file, and now I have all of this metrics. It's being collected. I don't have to do anything. It starts collecting that data immediately, and they do this for iOS. They do this for Java, PHP, Rails, you name it. These guys are, are, are just the best. Track down what's going on with your application. Find your bugs. Fix them fast. And, uh, and you can do all of this by going to newrelic.com. And there's a special code that you're going to use back to work spelled out. Or just go to newrelic.com slash back to work for more information. Thanks so much, New Relic, for making this show possible. Oh, and what are they going to get? 30-day extended free pro trial. So you get the, the big bad account. And uh, and go check it out, newrelic.com slash back to work. Love those guys. Did you already do the closer? Thank you very much to New Relic for supporting Back right. to Work with Merlin Mann and also Damn 5 by 5 Damn Benjamin. Uh... <laughs> No, but here's the thing that if you've, I, there have been many times throughout my life, uh, where sleep was like, like it wasn't so much that I would lay there in bed in, in the typical insomniac fashion where you're laying there, you can't fall asleep, you're restless. That was not the issue for me. The issue was that for some reason, when it got to be bedtime, I would get a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And and just and and then if you're unlucky enough to have OCD and you get anxious, the OCD is how that anxiety comes out. So this is why people who have and here's here's where we'll get the emails from people like get out of my head. Uh, you're you're trying to go to bed and that this is when you've got to do all your OCD routines. Did I remember to shut every single? drawer in the kitchen. This wasn't my OCD thing. I'm just picking it as an example. Did right. I remember to, to shut every drawer? Because if I didn't, and then like my kid walks past it, they could cut, get their finger caught in it. So I better go back downstairs and make sure that I checked every single one of the drawers to make sure that the drawers were all shut. Because if I didn't do that, something bad could happen. So I better go down. You know what? I'll be up before my kid. I'll make sure that I'm up before my kid, right? Because that 
then I don't have to worry about going back downstairs, right? So you're you're kind of at war with yourself right, because there's the one part of you that says, "Look, I know this is crazy, but the doors are the doors are probably fine or whatever it is." But yeah, but also I'm not that crazy. I should just lay here I'll, I, like a person, right? And I'll, I'll get up like a person you know and I'll take care my, of it in the morning. Here's what I'll do: I'll set my alarm because my kids are up at six thirty, which is too early. <laughs> but that's when they're going to be. I'll set my alarm for six fifteen, and right, okay, it's twelve thirty right now, and that's how many hours as well. You know, that's not going to be enough sleep, so I better go downstairs now and check those things. That way, I can sleep a little bit later, even that fifteen minutes. But I don't want if I get up again, then I'll have to walk past the front door, and if I walk past the front door, I'll have to check the front door, and that means I'll have to turn on a light. But if I turn on a light, I have to. Check check the light to make sure it's turned off. And this all happens and that becomes a problem. And this is when the anxiety starts. So you have these like routines that you do in addition to just being a person who needs the dark to fall asleep and a sound machine and all this other stuff, you've got all this extra baggage. I will say, uh, because I've had people Merlin write or tweet to us or write in and say, you should really talk to a, a person about this. The, I'm not going to say that like everything's perfect and I live in a picturesque world now, but this is the past for me. This isn't the way that it is for me anymore. Um, and I, I don't even want to say how I got around this because it'll make people angry. Um, but, uh, but I, I will say that this is, this is not the way it is for me anymore, but, but I, I understand what people are going through through this and that, that anxiety. And then there's anxiety, Merlin, about the fact that you might be anxious. A hundred percent. And I want to, I want to just assuage you. I mean, I, I think what you're describing, you're describing something that's, that's, um, that's a little bit clinical, but it's also like, I think incredibly common. What, like the jumping off point for what you just described is not necessarily like, Oh, I'm a crazy person with OCD. Like if you are a really, really busy person and you somehow found a way to buy yourself an hour or two of not thinking much about all the stuff that you have to do. And the thing is, there's always more stuff you could do, but you're thinking about bedtime. I mean, I'm just, uh, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I mean, like you're thinking about bedtime and that's when, even if you're not particularly compulsive about things, you're going to realize how many things are undone. And, yeah. and this is the problem with anxiety. I hope I'm not triggering anybody here, but this is the yeah, problem with anxiety. That's why I almost don't want to talk about it. Well, it's because like, if you are, if, if one is an anxious person, like I can be, the the problem isn't that you get an anxious thought, you feel anxious and it goes away. That would be wonderful. The problem is that you get an anxious thought and it basically drops the portcullis and every horrible idea you've ever had about yourself all comes storming out of the castle at no, the right, same time. Right. And now there's no way you're going to go to sleep. There's no way you're going to like survive till the morning. And I, I think this also gets into something that I don't have... I don't have I, I don't have chronic insomnia. I have a, a, some really good friends that I, that I that I know that have had chronic insomnia, um, and I'll find this actually I'll find this for notes. But you know the thing about insomnia is you know there's these stages you go through. I read this great article about this that it laid it out in a way I finally understood. It's not just a matter of like oh, I'm having trouble getting to sleep. It's like no repetitive thoughts, and you start to realize all these things that are not right just now. And then in the fullness of time, a couple hours later, you're still wide awake, of course. And now you've been thinking and thinking and thinking. And that turns into all of the ways that you've been wronged. Mm. I don't know if anyone's ever gotten this, probably not, but you start sitting around and thinking about all these things. That can very easily, quickly switch into like basically how you are a horrible, unlovable hag who has screwed up anything that you have ever done in your life. Nothing will ever turn out well. And right around the time that the sun is rising, you're sitting there in a harrowing little ball thinking about what, what, what an impossibly terrible person you are. Apparently, this is a thing. 
And I, I've had flavors of it for sure. And I think, but I think that's what, that's what is difficult for some people to understand. And it's maybe this gets into meditation. I don't know, but I think, you know, there are, there are people out there who, who may not suffer from this who think, well, it's as simple as just kind of letting go of that thought and having it go away. And I actually think there is a value to learning to do that mindfully. I mean, not even strictly through meditation, but through being aware that you're having a thought that's not a, not, not even not a negative thought, that you're having a thought that's not healthy, that you're having over and over. And like, how do you deal with that? Well, the problem is it's, it's almost like, a, you know, how little babies can only make fists. They can't open their hands. It's almost like you feel you lay in bed and you stare and you think like, I could die right now. Right. Like I, this, uh, this is such an impossible situation. So I think it's kind of easy to understand why sometimes people don't get a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, I think that's a pretty, um, a pretty common thing. One, I don't know, but this is really like, superficial, but this helps me a lot. I've said this before, but if I find myself noticing, if I'm mindful enough to realize that my mind is racing about anything, I try to stop for a second and say to myself, what's your job right now? And um, and however you choose to look at it. But if I'm laying in bed, I say to myself, you know, your job right now is not to, to not only not to worry about that, it's not your job right now to take care of that. There's nothing that you can do right now to go take care of that. Just take a step away from being fully involved emotionally in that moment. Take a little bit of a step away and ask, your job right now is to go to sleep. And to do your job, you are going to have to imagine yourself, like almost imagine you're like holding a butterfly and then opening opening your fingers. Like you're going to have to figure out a way to let those things go long enough. And sometimes that really does help me. It really does help me to like visualize letting go of what it is that's got me really hung up right now. It doesn't always work. I'm not saying it's perfect. If if you have a chemical imbalance, it's probably not going to be as simple as thinking about your fingers. Right. But it's but you do have to realize how much you are nodding yourself into a ball in that moment. Now, you know, if you're having that for two years, that's probably something to talk to somebody about. But um do you want to respond to that? I have one other thing with this. And while Does that, go ahead. Keep no, keep going. I want to Sorry. hear where you're going with this. Well, you know, you were talking about New Relic. I was talking about uh, my dingus. Yeah. And um, I thought maybe we could just talk a little bit about the potential benefits of some kind of self-quantization. Not to be just a data nerd, but I would like to talk a little bit. Maybe you could tell me about something else you like. Um, but I, I would, after that, maybe I'd like to just talk about some of the knock-on benefits of self-quantization that are frequently really unexpected. Would that be cool? Yeah, no, that'd be really cool. And the, the one thing that I'll respond to, I guess, um, is, you know, that, that it's, we've talked before about like that buildup of anxiety and like feeling like my analogy of like carrying around a backpack that's full of bricks. It's, it would all sort of like, like for, I think for a lot of people who have trouble sleeping, it's like at the, that time when you're laying down at night is when all of, like you were talking about flooding the castle. I think that's or storming the castle. I think that's like the perfect analogy for it because it's all of those thoughts, all of those things, even if you don't know it. I mean, there, there are people who, you know, have little habits or little things that they do that, that sort of start to come out at nighttime when they're supposed to be relaxing, when they're supposed to be winding down, when they're supposed to be feeling tired and like this is the nice time to do it, that this is when these thoughts become pervasive and this is when these problems start to to show themselves. And it's exactly the kind of thing that le- seems to lead to more anxiety. It leads to more of those problems. It leads to more of that type of thinking instead of less. And the coping mechanisms that most people have for it are not 
not the best coping mechanisms because if they had good ones, they wouldn't have the anxiety issues, right? So, um, so and also, but what you're describing though also is is a really terrible irony, which is that if you're really really busy all day long, if you're as they say putting out fires, if you're right. in like something almost like panicky emergency mode all day long, you are in effect not letting yourself think about those things. And the irony is that right. that that small amount of relaxation that you might get could be just enough. For that portcullis <laughs> yeah. to, to, to open up. To, to, you know what I'm saying? No, like it could be that totally. now for the first time all day, you've done something besides run around and put out not, you know, nonsensical fires all day long. And now stuff's getting real. And it's when you relax and let down that your guard right. that you start to realize how vulnerable you really are. Yeah. Speaking of vulnerable. <laughs> Our next sponsor, HostGator.com, is, is pretty much uh, invulnerable. Can I say that? I don't know. I think hey, we'll give them that one. That's a freebie. That's a free. They're going to run with that. But if you, uh, you want to start a website, especially if you're a developer like me, a designer, somebody who wants to go and you know, do, do your own thing, this is, this is the playground for you because they make it so easy to get started. There's plenty of people who go out there and they, you know what? They have a site that they run on WordPress, like our, uh, our buddy Jim Dalrymple. Maybe somebody like Gruber, they're running movable type. Hosting this kind of stuff, is it's a challenge. You've got to figure it out. How do I do it? Or do I have the right version of the software, the right patches installed? Is it secure? I don't want to worry about any of that. If I'm hosting a site like this, well, fortunately, a place like HostGator.com, they have one-click installs. One-click installs. They have these beautiful administrative web interfaces so that you don't have to go and learn Linux or Unix. But wait a minute. What if you want to? Well, great. You can. They're going to give you root access if you want it. You can get a shared account. You can get a VPS like I use. You can even get a dedicated server like Marco likes, where they, you've got your own physical piece of hardware rack mounted up in a data center, not shared with anybody. It's, all, it's up to you. It's whatever you want. You can grow between these different things. You can completely customize. And this is the thing. It's not like they have one package or two packages. You can completely customize the servers, the VPS, whatever it is. I like their VPS stuff, and that's what I use over there. I just set up a new one that is mirroring. So it's, it's, a, uh, it's a MySQL slave server. So that from the primary MySQL server, this has got all the latest updates. I've got everything backing up to it. We've got stuff serving from there too, but I'm just saying like you can do whatever you want because they're going to give you 99.9% uptime. They've got unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, tons of free site builder tools. Go check them out. Here's the deal. 30% off everything at HostGator. You know what? You can register domains there. You can get SSL certificates there. You name it, 30% off everything. The code back to work spelled out. So thank you very much to HostGator.com for supporting 5x5 back to work code back to work. Check them out. Dan, Dan Benjamin. Dan Benjamin. Dan Benjamin. Um, I want to put in... That's don't use that code. There's no, there's no numerals after that. Just no, back to they work. don't need numerals. Back to work prime. Leave off the prime. Prime at yahoo dot spelled it out. Um, hmm. Um, I want to put in a little plug for um, self quantization, which is a fancy way of saying you know keeping track of various data about how you're living. Okay. And <laughs> living large, living large, large in charge, high, high pimping. What do you call it? High handing, big pimping, grandstanding, grandstanding, showboating, Sherbert. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd like that. Ooh, 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 ooh. 
Um, okay. So, um, there, there's a terrible, terrible problem with thinking that you're smart in life. Um, because when you start to think that you're really smart and you know stuff, you start rejecting a lot of novelty, you reject a lot of information, because it doesn't seem relevant. You think you've learned all that you can learn. You know, I remember thinking that you know when I was about 10, and I'm really glad that I, from time to time, allowed myself to stop thinking that. I'm, mm. I'm glad I have occasionally pulled my head out of my butt long enough to realize there's stuff I don't know, um, there's stuff I know wrong, there's stuff I don't realize, and in every case, it takes a certain amount of self-awareness that self-awareness as opposed to self-absorption you have to step outside your own corpus of knowledge and understand that there are things out there that you may not be aware of so this is why i think something what i'll call self-quantization is a good idea and i'll give you some specifics from my own uh life so this uh, i've had various you know fitness trackers this is i don't mean this to be an ad for fitness trackers but the, the classic example, I have to say, I, I don't subscribe to this anymore, but a classic example is an app called Rescue Time that we've talked about on here before. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is, this is a very, very informative app. If you have ideas about how you spend your day, and you have ideas about who you are, and have ideas about why things are the way they are, it might still be really interesting for you to run something, run Rescue Time for a month, because here's what it does. It, it, it's a service, you install this app, Runs in the background. And basically, it watches everything you do. Um, the My layman's understanding of it is it watches whatever is focal. It watches what the front window is, where you are, and how much time you spent there. It's not too much more complicated than that. I think there's some little, you know, chewy goodness algorithms to account for things like, you know, whether you really were on that page or four hours, for four hours or might have gone to lunch and things like that. But in a nut, if you're looking at Facebook for eight minutes, it's going to remember without you having to enter or say anything. It will remember that you looked at Facebook for, for, uh, for eight minutes. It'll even remember what page you were looking at. It'll remember when you were looking at Tumblr. It'll remember when you were filling out your timesheets. It'll remember when you were doing things in email. And in certain programs, it gets down to a window-by-window window level. If memory serves, it's not great at this with TextMate. But it'll, it'll, if you're writing you know, in, in an app, a windowed app, it'll, you'll say, you spent this long writing in this particular document today. Now, if you're real smart, you don't need that, right? Because you know how you spent your time and you can explain why everything is the way it is in the world. Okay, humor me by trying this. Because when I ran this, the first time that I ran this was a real stark moment for me because I had to very quickly either decide that this application was broken or that I am a very different person from who I thought I was. Mm. Because I did not think of myself as somebody who spent three hours a day trying to write funny things to say on Twitter. <laughs> That's not who I thought I was. Right. It's certainly not who I wanted to be. But the truth was, I went in there and some very, very attractive charts would show me how much time I was spending doing these various different kinds of things. Now, okay, so first of all, why self-quantization? Well, because you kind of you need a way, if you want to have, if you want to draw conclusions about what you're doing, how you do it. You need good data to begin with. Okay, now some people, there are various kinds of therapies and there's all kinds of good, good things out there. Like if you're doing cognitive behavioral therapy, you may keep a, a I think I call it a thought journal mm-hmm. or a thought where you'll say like, okay, Sally did not say hi to me in the hallway and that made me feel angry. Right. Why did it make me feel angry? Hmm. Well, it made me feel angry because uh, I think she's mad at me 
about this one time when she saw me looking at her boyfriend and now I think she hates me or what have you. Now the idea there is that's a very that, that's a very mindful kind of process to realize the whole point of that journal I think is to make you aware that you're having those thoughts. That's a great use for a manual journal. Writing down how much time you spent writing things for Twitter is something that's much better shunted off into automation. Because you are going to fib the crap out of those numbers. If somebody came to you, I mean, let's just make this an exercise. You don't have to do rescue time, but something similar. I guess you could do it with various processes and things like that. But rescue time, it makes it real human readable in OS X. But how, whatever it is you decide to do, you know, I, I know for myself, like if I've tried to do things like track what foods I eat, if I wasn't really super invested in that, I couldn't do that for more than two or three days. It just got way too overwhelming. But when I did do it, it was really, really illuminating. So, Self-quantization to me means becoming aware that there's stuff happening in your life that is just happening right now. (laughs) And when you run something like Rescue Time, or in my case, I have this Fitbit, I may have this idea in my head. I had a real busy day today. I think I walked around a lot. I get home and I took 3,000 steps today. 3,000 is generally... that's 3,000 steps in the Fitbit world, you know, accounting for how much it kind of, you know, overcredits you for movement. You know... (laughs) Does it? I could rub I could rub one out and get half a mile out of it probably. Wow. Non-dominant hand. But the uh <laughs> But you uh <laughs> But the Fitbit will tell you the truth. The Fitbit, I mean the thing is uh, Whatever system you get into, whether that's the way that Dan quantifies downloads, the way that Google Analytics tells you who visited the site, whatever, if you have one system and stick with it, trend lines are meaningful. Whether or not each individual datum is perfect and accurate, the trend lines are going to tell you a lot. So, you know, when I have this thing on my wrist and it's charged up and I'm walking around, I get home, if I don't feel that thing vibrating and giving my little, my little reward that I've reached my 10,000 steps mm-hmm. today, if I don't feel that by the time I walk home in the afternoon... I've now learned to realize that means I didn't walk enough today. I should, that thing should be, so what happens is you set a certain amount of steps you want to take in a day. That's the basic little monad, the little, you know, atom of information is how many steps you took. And so if, if it, you know, if I've walked around a lot, I'll feel this bzz, 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 bzz on my wrist at usually, you know, maybe like two or three o'clock. That means I've gotten some good walking in, or I've at least moved around a lot. Right. But in any case, I, those numbers are being tracked whether I feel like it or, or not, whether I'm having a good day or not, whether I'm in a good mood or not, whether I'm thinking about fitness or not. It doesn't matter. The data is still being captured. The thing is, when you first get into a physical fitness regime, you might be really good about logging those miles because you know, hey, hey, this is great. I can rack up another couple of miles. But having that thing just do it for you provides incontrovertible, first of all, it, the step zero, it's recording information and you don't have to do anything. Like, in fact, not doing something <laughs> is the most useful information you can find because it's going to, it does not lie. It'll tell you how many steps were taken today. So just let that thing run, 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 run. But then I think the beauty part is then whenever you're ready, you can go in and look at that and you can see patterns. You may not see exact numbers that make sense, but you're going to see patterns. You're going to see that your sleep, isn't this strange? On this day that I took 3,000 steps, I had five and a half bad hours of sleep the night before. Hmm. That's an interesting pattern to notice. Now, you could choose to do that on your own with some graph paper and a number two pencil, but it's not going to be nearly as good as having a robot do it for you. But so, yes, the gathering, yes, the seeing the patterns, but then the really beautiful part, if you do any of this stuff for a while, is a almost inextricable growth in mindfulness. 
And that mindfulness might be something as stupid and um, superficial as, oh, I really want to keep my score up this month. I really want to see on that bar graph, I want to see this month, I want that to be nine hours of sleep average a night. And I know that if I get six hours of sleep, the dingus isn't going to let me lie to, to fudge my numbers. I'm going to, I want that number to stay high because I know that's when I feel good and I feel like I'm winning. And I, again, you don't have to think about it in the tracking. You have to think about it in the doing. So until you're a perfect person, having something there that does that thinking for you is not a bad thing. And if you're looking to try and find a pattern that might suggest why things are good, bad, or indifferent, I think having that automated is, is, is such a great thing. Doing a food diary, if you can get to the level of doing something like keeping a food diary, that's really good. I think your diet will change fundamentally if you really start honestly writing everything down. If you actually ate two BMTs from Subway for lunch, you're, and you have to sit there and physically write that in your own handwriting, mm. no, that's yeah. going to have an impact. Yeah. But anyway, I just, it's, it's such an obvious thing, but I just want to make the case because you think you're smart. You know, you're listening to a really good podcast and you think you know stuff about stuff, but consider entrusting all of that thinking to a little robot for a while. Look at what the robot has to tell you and then see if there's anything you can notice. And if you do this, even with something like a Fitbit, something as silly as that, like I can see stuff like how much, how you could even go and look at your calendar. Like how much did I get done this next day when I had this amount of sleep the night before? I don't think you have to do that, but knowing that it's there, it keeps the honest people honest. You're going to want to try a little bit harder and you're not going to just entrust your incredibly fallible will to keep be keeping track of how well you're doing. I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's... It's not a costly thing to do. You could certainly write all this stuff down yourself, but I think, I think, I guess what I'm really trying to say after all of that is consider that you may not be as smart as you think. Mm-hmm. And it may be because this data that you have selected is not serving you well and is not accurately reflecting where your time and attention has actually gone in the last 24 hours. Hmm. What do you, what do, how do you roll right now for dinguses? You, you did a Fitbit for a while, right? Yeah, I'm thinking about... So I, I had it shortly after we talked about it. And then I, I I didn't like it because I was having... The weather got colder. And I was having to wear long sleeve shirts, which is I usually do. But then, you know, you can't... Like, usually my uniform is like a pair of jeans and, you know, slim fit jeans like you have. And mm. then, you know, a collar shirt. And then, uh, you know, it's warm here in Texas. So you wind up rolling up the sleeves. So if you have to <clears throat> have to have the sleeves rolled down, then you get like a watch or something, no big deal. Maybe a watch and a Fitbit, no big deal. But then uh, when it gets colder, you got to start wearing sweaters. So the sweater's over it now. And it started getting really bulky. And then a, a jacket over there, so, so I stopped wearing the, the Fitbit. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of annoying. Like when, when I sleep, it's pretty low profile. Um, but it sleep, is I should put annoying. it on at night when I want to sleep and then take it off, you know. Yeah. But um, hmm. Do you hate me now? No, no, because I've thought about doing different ones. I did the Nike thing on the shoe for a while when mm. I was kind of running for a while. Mm-hmm. Running. Well, there are enough air quotes for that. But um, but I have to say the Fitbit along with my iPhone with an uh, the 5S with an M7 in it is really informative. There are apps like um, Strava Run. With Strava Run, you turn it on to say, okay, I'm about to go start a run. And it will use GPS and all the little magic to show you your elevation. But you do have to turn it on to do that. Let me see if I can find this other one. Um, Let me tell you about something I like while you do it. Yes. Shutterstock.com, your favorite. 
28 million images, stock photos, vectors, illustrations, video clips. The thing that Merlin likes best about this is the infographics. That's what he likes to use. He uses oh, these it's the best. Their vectors and infographics are outstanding. I mean, you can go there and yes, you can find the most amazing photography in the universe. Yes, you can do that. You can go there and you can, because they're adding 20,000 new images a day, you can go there and find, the, search for the 12,000 videos that they add each week. They've got over a million now. But it's the infographics that I, I think, you know, people are listeners to our show because you're, you're doing the mind mapping, you're doing presentations, you're doing the kinds of things that you need infographics, you need icons, you're building things. And these are really, really great. You can get all kinds of licenses. You, you want to use the image straightforward. You're going to use it on something you're printing out, sending it out, you know, doing some kind of advertising campaign. You can do all that stuff. There's licensing for it. But again, the video clips, don't forget those because there's so many really, really cool things. And, and when we were sitting there in the Shutterstock offices up in New York, Fancy Pants, New York, uh, we were there with those folks. Uh, they, 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 uh, we're not supposed to talk about it, but let's just put it this way. You've seen some of their clips, some of their video clips in commercials. You've seen the big ones. It's, that's because people go to Shutterstock and they find it and then commercials are there on national TV. There are images in there. It's just amazing what these folks have. And they've got 24 hour support during the week. You go there, you browse around, you find what you like, you chuck it into a light box. You can do this on their amazing iPad app too. I love their iPad app for this. It's even, I, I got to be honest, it's better than their website. And their website's pretty darn good. 25% off any package you put together, which is a nice deal. Special code. Now, you wanted numbers before. Here's some numbers for you, Merlin. Back to work 214, back to work 214 will get you 25% off anything you do over at Shutterstock. Love these folks. Please support the show by using that code and by going there to sign up at Shutterstock.com. Thank you very much to Shutterstock for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work with Merlin Mann. Dan Benjamin. Um, <laughs> I have uh, here, uh, we can start wrapping this up. Go ahead. Um, uh, thank you. Uh, first time Strava. Hmm? It's a Strava. Hmm? What are mm-hmm. Fellini? Um, Here's some of the apps that I use um, on my iPhone for different things. Uh, the Fitbit app is kind of cool. Um, Fitbit, when, or the uh, Fitbit Flex that I've got comes with a little USB dingus. You can pop into your computer and you can have it basically anytime you're in range of it, it'll automatically download the information, which is pretty great. It used to be, you know, you had the little docking station right. and you used the wireless. Uh, this is that, that's really handy. You can also have the, um, iPhone app do the syncing for you. If you have Bluetooth turned on, like when I wake up in the morning, I'll flip flip on the Bluetooth, which I usually leave off for battery reasons, and it'll download my sleep, and I can immediately see how well I slept. It's a real weird compulsion, but I I, I, I want to see how I did. Right. So I'll go and I'll look. You can also have it run, if you got the battery to burn, you can have it sync all day long. Personally, I think just checking in periodically. And so, now Fitbit... Um, it also, so I should mention in passing again, a site called Sync Metrics that I use. Sync Metrics, you can go in and basically hook up your various accounts. To say, for example, from my Withings or Withings, whatever it's called, the Wi-Fi scale, send that information to Fitbit, pull this information in from RunKeeper and so forth. It's a, you know, you'll, you'll figure it out. It's a way to make sure all your stuff stays synced together. But it makes it really powerful because the M7 is already tracking steps. I mean, you get a, a better idea when, with the Fitbit because it's on your wrist all the time, whereas the phone's not always on my body. But so Fitbit's a really cool app. You can pop it right open. It'll show me how many steps I've done. It'll show me how my sleep was. Um, things like how much more I need to lose to hit my target weight how many miles I walked, and so forth. That's a really good one. Um, one that's kind of cool, potentially a little creepy, but that I like a lot is called Saga. And uh, Saga is using the, I think using the M7 chip, yeah, to watch where you go. 
I think this is kind of a neat thing. So it'll say like you walked this far to go to your kid's school. You walked in to walked here to go to Safeway. I use it as kind of like an ongoing like a, it ends up being like a a distance and location journal because it just runs in the background and it's not, you know, chewing up processor. So when you open it up, it'll say like, okay, are you, are you at home right now? Yes, I am. Where you can you verify you were this place, this place, this place. It's kind of a cool thing. I that's mostly just for my own um needs. Another one that's similar to that, but more based on the taking steps is called Moves. And same deal, Moves just runs in the background, but it's really pretty. You open it up and you get this neat little interface that'll show you how much you've walked today, did you run today, where did you go? It keeps track of all that for you because your M7's tracking all that for you anyway. Mm-hmm. I'll put these online notes. Um, I think this one is by David underscore, underscore David Smith, Smith underscore David, David Smith, uh, Pedometer, which I believe is still free. And it's a real pretty app that just shows you how many steps you took while you had your iPhone with you today. Yeah. That's a good one. If you're doing anything like real exercise where you're biking, cycling, what have you, try Strava Run. Because like I said, that's amazing. Because like I'll sometimes take this um, like 35-minute walk in the afternoon. It's a loop. And uh, it, you can like say, like you can have a track like, how um, how fast you did that loop this time. Like this section is where you're, you did your fastest ever on this one you know, part of this today. With all these things, I would suggest, you know, sharing as much as you feel comfortable with, or of course you always could come up with a fake name and, and not register on the site and stuff like that because you don't really want other people to know. Um, Argus, Argus is another one that's pretty cool. Argus is really pretty. It's this whole, you hook it up with your scale, you hook it up with your Fitbit, you hook it up with your whatever, and you get this neat looking beehive like hexagon pattern that shows you like how you've been doing through the day. It also has the benefit of like encouraging you to drink water so you can track how much water you drank today. Um, and these are all like cheap or free. Um, but in each case, like, you know, it sounds dumb, but just knowing that those are there and kind of watching me, uh, in a way that I'm totally okay with, uh, makes me think a little bit more about it. The basic one, I do think about how many steps I get in a day. And if I get a few days in a row where I'm below the number of steps I'd like to have, now I know that. I don't have to just guess. Right. I don't have to just like think about like, ugh. You know, I can actually look and see, you know, you were getting eight or nine hours of sleep and now you're getting five and a half, not that great hours of sleep. And this is the other thing Fitbit does. It's pretty ham-fisted, but it works. It'll show you like how much you were awake and how much you stirred. So you may think I was down that whole time asleep, but you, if you look at that, you'll see these like blue stripes all the way through from when you were like, you know, moving around and stuff. Anyway, uh, I'll put those all in notes, but you know, I, I don't know if there's any much, uh, if there's much stuff out there besides rescue time. The fastest thing you could do today is to flip on rescue. I think it's $9 a month for the service, but you might want to try it for just a month. That's the OS 10 app that watches what you do. It's creepy, but it's so informative. And you know, now you have, a kind of an interesting and exciting new thing. You're smart, right? You're smart and you're a thinker. And you've thought yourself into complete anxiety and lack of sleep. Congratulations. <laughs> well, what would it take for you to convert some of that data into like a new way of thinking? Um, into where you would say, well, I've realized that maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but maybe in three weeks of being a little bit more mindful about what I do, I might be able to feel a little bit better. It makes a difference for me. Maybe it just makes a difference because I know I'm being more mindful. But, you know, I could be really smart and just slog my way through a lot of sad, or I could try and bone up and be open to the fact that there's probably data out there that could make me more aware of the improvement opportunities. 
Do you do any of this with your phone right now, Dan? Do you do any of these apps? No, because I've been waiting for you to tell me what to do. Um, it's that simple. Moves is real easy to do, and we'll show you. I think Saga's just fun. Saga's, Saga's silly, but it's fun. But it's it's like, I think they want it to be used heavily with Foursquare. It's mm. kind of like a personal Foursquare. Oh, okay. Now, uh, another show, we'll talk about this, if you like, home automation stuff, because it also this, all stuff, this stuff also works great with home automation, where I can say, you know, for example, if you have an electronic lock on your door, you could say, unlock the door when I arrive at home. Shut off the lights when everybody's gone at a certain point. And then, of course, that also keys into, well, it's, I've changed the mode to nighttime, that means like start turning off all the lights and get everything ready for tomorrow. And I think that stuff's really interesting too. I like I like anything where like I can I can outsource. I, I, there's certain parts of my mentality I'm very happy to outsource to other people and places. And uh, I don't know. I think it's interesting. It's kind of an anticlimactic place to live. Yeah, I guess it is. I'll talk more about Bob Dylan and just the way he looked. Oh, and I'll about this. In the after dark, I'll tell you what cured my anxiety and made me sleep better. Let's button this up. I love you. I love you too, Merlin Man.